0: Audio version of Michael Latman's blog. July 10, 2022 My article in Newsmax, Integral Solution Needed to Address Root Cause of Us, Violence. America hardly recuperates from the shock of a mass shooting in a certain city when a new incident takes place somewhere else. Seven people were killed and more than 30 wounded in the shooting perpetrated by a 21-year-old suspect at a 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois. Gun violence in America has become no less than a social epidemic, and as with any other illness of such magnitude it is important to find the right treatment from the root cause of the problem. Jackie Sundheim, a senior staffer at a local synagogue and Nicholas Toledo. A grandfather from Mexico, were among the fatal victims of the senseless parade attack by a suspect who, according to the police, acquired the guns legally. Undoubtedly, it is important to keep guns away from unstable, dangerous individuals, but the gun violence epidemic goes beyond laws and regulations since those willing to cause harm will always find ways to achieve their sinister goals. In order to offer a true solution, We have to go beyond the symptoms of the problem. Human beings are social creatures and individuals cannot be separated from their culture when we are trying to understand a behavior that repeats itself. It is true that in America it is easy to purchase firearms, but what pulls the trigger is the growing egoism and division in American society. In such a social climate of every man for himself. Tension and frustration accumulate daily until people with violent tendencies explode in cruel ways. In their unbalanced minds a mass shooting is a way to fix the system and compensate for their fears and insecurities. Lack of meaning and purpose in life are also key triggers. More and more people have no idea what they live for, and life with no meaning and purpose makes human life lose its importance and preciousness. Mass shooters feel that human life is cheap and worthless, and the more this lack of direction spreads throughout society today, the more mass shooters surface. The remedy to this problem is education. America must treat the deep cultural and social conditioning that breeds these events by initiating a massive federal educational program to infuse people from an early age with new examples, norms and values. They should be regularly trained to cooperate, build trust, as well as develop social sensitivity to each other through workshops, discussion groups and collaborative projects. Education does not refer only to formal systems for providing and acquiring knowledge. The aim of education should not be to simply create a workforce of trained individuals. Education must now focus on cultivating the human being. This means building a value system within a person and an adequate social environment around a person to balance the human ego and direct it toward positive realization. Such a state will never come about by simply drafting new laws, but only through a change in the way human nature operates in society. Instead of relating to each other through egoistic lenses, we need to learn and develop new supportive, encouraging, understanding attitudes to every person. In order to reach that level of positive change, society needs to forge meaningful and healthy connections through a new socio-educational shift, which will become doable and realistic when America realizes that it has had enough suffering and it is time for an integral solution. Michael Leitman, On the Times of Israel, The Curse of Re-elections as long as the laws of society are not satisfactory to each and every individual in the state, and leave a minority that is dissatisfied with the government of the state, that minority conspires under the government of the state and seeks to overthrow it, wrote Bal Sulam back in the 1930s in his essay, Peace in the World. To this he added that if the power of the losing faction is not sufficient to fight the government of the state face to face, It will seek to overthrow it indirectly, such as by inciting countries against each other and bringing them to war, for it is natural that at wartime there will be many more dissatisfied people with whom they will have helped to achieve the critical mass to overthrow the government of the state and establish a new leadership that is convenient for them. It seems as though these words were written yesterday, not 90 years ago. What is worse? The pertinence of Balha Sulam's words proves that we have not learned much. We established the Jewish state based on laws we borrowed from the British mandate that ruled here before us, with some leftovers from the rules of the Ottoman Empire that ruled here before the British. These are not the laws of the Israeli nation, but laws of the nations of the world. This incongruity wore down the legitimacy of the judicial structure to such an extent that lawmakers and lay people alike are leaning increasingly toward following their own interpretations of the law. Without a common goal and a collectively adopted constitution, we will never have a stable government and a solid Jewish state. Our common law should be the law that was the basis of Jewish peoplehood: love your neighbor as yourself, even when the people of Israel could not practice it they always strove for it. If they do not, they are not regarded as Israel. Currently, because no effort, or even aspiration to unite exists within the people of Israel living in the state of Israel, we are not Israel. What are we then? We are a collective of persecuted migrants and refugees, many of whom feel that the country they live in does not belong to them and dream of the moment they can return to the country from which they or their parents were chased away. Hertzl's vision of forming a safe haven for Jews is not enough. If this is the only reason for our gathering here, we will not be able to form a cohesive and stable society. The obstinate, opinionated nature of our people will soon take over and division and hostility will develop. This is what is happening to Israel today. As a result, the political parties have splintered and become fragmented, and a succession of elections ensued. If we want to stabilize the Israeli society and prevent its disintegration, we need to fall in line behind a single goal that we value more than our own opinion. Also, the goal of our country should not be to save the Jews but to save the world from division and conflict. The reason Israel is always at the center of attention, especially in times of conflict, is that the world looks to Israel for example. Since the inception of our people, we have been tasked with serving as a model of unity. Our ancestors assembled from numerous tribes, clans, and countries, and pledged to love each other more than themselves. This is unheard of by today's ostensibly civilized standards. In the ancient world, this was utterly inconceivable. Nevertheless, our ancestors attempted it and succeeded. Moreover, they proved that when they unite, they triumph and overpower any nation that challenges them. They proved that military and economic success depend, in the case of the people of Israel, solely on their unity. Alternatively, When they became divided and hostile toward each other, they demonstrated weakness, and foreign nations overpowered them and exiled them. Our unique nation, therefore, became the first nation that could choose its own fate. When it chose unity, it succeeded, when it chose division, it failed. In a sense, our nation was a proof of concept, a pilot, as historian Paul Johnson called us. We proved that foreigners can bond in peace and love if they value unity more than their own culture and tradition. The modern day curse of endless elections reflects a decline in the level of the unity of our people in the state of Israel. Instead of lining up around the tenet of unity above all other considerations, each party promotes its own agenda and claims that it will lead Israel to success. Yet, they are all wrong because if their ideas do not require national unity as a precondition, it makes no difference what agenda they support, it is condemned to failure. Only when we realize our unity, above all differences, will the curse of perpetual elections be removed. Moreover, only when we realize this will the danger of another cataclysm to the Jewish people be averted, as Israel becomes what Israel is meant to be, a light, of unity. To the nations, education in future society. Question: Who is the driving force behind the changes in the society of the future? Leaders, youth, scientists, or people? Answer: Education that permeates all layers of society. It should be built in such a way that everyone cares about the balance between reception and bestowal all people are created as different, and therefore, everyone is given the opportunity to realize themselves as much as possible for the benefit of others. Question, does a person feel these differences? If I am 100% in the desire to bestow, then in theory I should not even feel them. Answer, everyone feels equal to others although they can work much less than others. After all, Everyone is required to participate in the common work within his capacities. A person does not feel himself as bigger or smaller relative to others and does not feel discomfort in the difference. From Cab TV's Cabala Express June 24, 2022 Overcoming the Point of Indifference If we could see how much we influence the fate of mankind with our personal subjective actions, how it goes toward the realization of the purpose of creation, then we, of course, would not be so indifferent, but we would understand the responsibility that each of us has. But without seeing, without understanding, and by not listening to the wishes of the cover lists, We let everything take its course and think that somehow everything will happen by itself if necessary. It turns out that we react completely incorrectly to the current events, and as a result, the following events that happen to us, are even worse. Thus, the world gradually slips into more and more tragic circumstances. If we could somehow overcome this point of indifference of not knowing the whole system and give each person an understanding that he influences his fate and the fate of others, and at least somehow make him feel responsible for the fate of the world and his own, then any smallest man among the multi million population of a city, country, or continent, through his conscious participation, would have a very great influence in spirituality. If this person could consciously participate, then indeed the world would be different every minute of its development, and people would become more and more consciously aware of the program of creation and the need to participate in it. By doing so, we would change our attitude toward life. It is very important to give each person the understanding that he can actively influence fate. Question, does a person always change when he is immersed in some kind of environment? Answer, no, not always. But all the same, his knowledge about this, even the most passive, that he listened and left, still remains, subconsciously lives and develops in him like a seed thrown into the ground. It can stay there for some time, and then, under favorable conditions, will grow. From Cab TV's I got a call. The Impact of Football on a Person February 18, 2011 transition to a new state. There are stories in the Torah in which some bad characters are hung in trees. As a rule, they are hung because they did not deserve better. We are talking about the fact that a person has exhausted the good attitude that he was probably supposed to receive from our world and he must be done away with. There is no more hope that he will do something good for people, and as a symbol of this, he is hung in a tree. Comment Kabbalists say that everything, even the most negative has some kind of meaning and purpose, but this is about destruction. My response, no, death or hanging in a tree is not yet the final destruction. Even if they burned him and scattered the ashes in the wind, it is still not the end. This is followed by the next stage, correction. For example, if water is heated, it can become gas, if it freezes, it becomes solid. It is transformed into another state. It is the same with death, it is just a different state, a correction. From Cab TV's Spiritual States June 14, 2022 The Tree of Life from a Spiritual Point of View Question Kabbalists very often use the term tree in their writings. It is clear that they were not writing about the tree as we understand this term in our world, but about the spiritual levels and states. What does the tree of life mean in relation to the spiritual development of a person? Answer, the tree of life means that from the upper root, which is the creator, a trunk and branches descend along which descend spiritual forces that nurture people, animals and everything living in order to help them develop to the level where they become closer and closer to the Creator. The vegetative world that emerges from the Creator exists in order to enable all living creatures and people to reach the level of the Creator. From a spiritual point of view, the tree of life is an intermediate state between the upper Sephirah keta and the lower Sephirah Malkhut. That is why it exists to connect these two opposite categories the Creator and the Creation. In the form and to the extent that Creation wants to become like the Creator, they receive this opportunity and unite with the Creator. Comment Very often, the tree of life is depicted in the form of a drawing with roots at the top and branches at the bottom. My response, naturally, because the root is the Creator, and the branches are already lower, as cause and effect. The cause is always in the upper world and its effects are reflected in our world. From CAB TV's Spiritual States June 14, 2022 The Purpose of a Person in Life Question You have repeatedly said that if a person does not listen to at least an hour of a lesson a day, then this, in principle, is a day thrown out of life. If we take our typical day, what things have to go through it in order for it to be effective? Answer, during the day, a person should listen to my lessons, read the sources of Balha Sulam and Rabash, get involved in communication with friends all over the world, and understand how his group, the ten, the closest environment to him, is moving. He must see what he is doing in order to somehow elevate himself up, at least in part. He needs to implement all this through dissemination, making contacts, and so on. That is, his day should include studying and communication with his group, through it, with the creator, and communication with the broad masses in order to bring them closer to a single system that strives to reveal the creator. This is a super goal that a person should have in life. If he does not do this, then he is spiritually dead. Comment In the classical understanding of life, a person spends all day at work. My response, what difference does it make what he does physically? Today we have such a life that, in general, does not prevent him from performing his functions. But at the same time, his head, his goal, and life intentions can be completely different, directed toward a spiritual goal. From Cab TV's I got a call. Importance of the Lesson November 3, 2009 Energy Vampire Question Why is man the disturbing factor of water? Answer: Humans are the most egoistic element of the universe. That is why it is such a disturbing factor. Everything depends on him and he depends on everything. On one hand, He is the most sensitive to external influences, and on the other hand, he is an energy vampire, absorbing and imposing everything bad. All elements of nature act instinctively, except for man. The inanimate, vegetative, and animate levels are governed by absolutely clear laws. They have no free will, no desire to harm anyone on purpose. Each one maintains its existence within the framework in the laws in which it exists. Therefore, water between them is something neutral. It connects them together both in the form of an ocean of air and in the form of water as a substance. Thus, animals are in complete equilibrium with nature. Their number and settlement depends on the surrounding nature. They are in balance. But when a human enters into this balance and begins to change it, not because he just wants to exist, but above his existence he wants to absorb, fill himself, change, and destroy the surrounding nature, he brings his negative energy, first of all, into the water. After all, a person consists of water. We cannot live surrounded by dry air. We live in water, breathe air with water, and constantly depend on it. Therefore, in case of imbalance, this carrier of energy and information becomes negative and causes all kinds of negative phenomena between us. From TV's Close Up. The Secret of Life, July 13, 2011. Michael Leitman, on Quora, Will Jews and Arabs ever live with peace and tranquility in Israel? It is a shame that Jerusalem which means city of peace, has not experienced peace in the last 75 years. Indeed, Jerusalem means the city of peace, e'er shalom, and it is the center of the world's spiritual force, but at the same time, Jerusalem is the furthest place from peace that I know. It is because we Jews do not want peace, Heb. shalom, we do not want to reach a state of perfection, Heb. shalom. Peace means reaching a state of love your neighbor as yourself. That is the condition for peace. It is a whole and complete state. Moreover, according to what makes us Jewish to begin with, that we once united. The Hebrew word for Jew, Yehudi, comes from the word for united, Yehudi, Yara Devash, Part 2, Drush number 2, to a point of a common love, then we need to first realize our unification among each other and then humanity will follow suit. We need to turn to ourselves, to our relatives and friends, to the people around us, and build a state of peace. If we would each do so, among all Jews, then we would be able to also turn to our Arab cousins. At that time, they will understand us, and will also want peace, as the upper force would help us, reach it and would be felt within the peace that it brings. Based on the video Will Jews and Arabs Ever Live Peacefully in Jerusalem? With Kabbalist Dr. Michael Leitman and Aaron Levi. Written, edited by students of Kabbalist Dr. Michael Leitman.